Let us bless the name of the Lord for his faithfulness and for his blessings. We just bless the name of the Lord, exalt his name, magnify him for who he is, his faithfulness that endures forever. Let's give him all the glory. Let's give him all the honor. Let's give him all the praise. Ancient of days, mighty God, we worship you today. You are mighty to save, great and mighty deliverer. Our hearts, O Lord, will rejoice in your presence, for you have given us the crown of your glory. You have shown us the way of salvation, even in the light of your Son, Christ Jesus. And in his ways and in his steps we shall follow, because he has given us his spirit that we might abide in him forever and see his salvation. Oh, Father, we bless you, we magnify you, we give you glory, we give you honor. Come on, bless the name of the Lord and exalt him. Bless the name of the Lord. For lavishing his glory upon you, for lavishing his presence. He is the one who says, Come unto me, all who have labored and are heavy laden, and I will give them rest. Ah, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Oh, Father, we magnify you, we exalt you, we exalt you, we exalt you. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you. Oh, Father, we love you with the love that you have given. Oh, we love you with the light that you have given. Everything that we are, O oh Lord, stems and comes from you. We are nothing of ourselves. Oh, Father, we bless your name. You are glorious. You are light. You are life. Now you're going to ask that the Lord would speak to you uniquely in a way that would meet the void that might be in your heart. That everything that requires satisfaction with respect to his word, with respect to his glory, with respect to his name, with respect to his truth, that there will be a replenishment in your heart. A replenishment in your heart. That the vessel that will be used today shall only point to Christ. That the vessels that should be, that will be used today shall only point to His Word and His truth. In the name of Jesus. Father, King of Glory, we have come for nothing else but for the fullness of Your Word and for Your presence. We are asking in the name of Jesus that every thirst will be satisfied, every hunger will be filled with the bread of life and with the wine of the spirit. You said do not be you said do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit by which you speak in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart. So therefore, Father, we want to ask that even as this word comes forth, there shall be a bubbling up of your presence and of your spirit that there shall be a release of the spirit of the living God. You said out of their bellies shall flow forth rivers of living water but this he spoke of the spirit which had not yet been given at that time but you have lavished your spirit upon us. For that father we are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful. We are grateful because your spirit makes us productive in your word. 
Your spirit makes us fruitful in your word. Your spirit has given us the truth in abundance. Oh, Father, you said, come unto me. You said, receive me. You said, I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. So, Father, we, we just thank you. We are grateful for your word. We are grateful for your spirit. The riches of the blessings of your presence. Oh, Father, nothing else can satisfy. Nothing else can fill. But that which you give yourself. Father, we thank you for the blessings of your presence. We thank you for your indwelling presence. Your ever-dwelling presence. We thank you because you have said that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We will never be separated from you. And we will never be separated from you. Oh, Lord, you have called us the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Turn to yourself and say, I am the bride of Christ. I am. Come on, say it with boldness. I am the bride of I said, I am the bride of Christ. He said, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become the flesh of their flesh and bones of the bones. Say to yourself, I am the flesh of the flesh of Christ. I am the bones of the bones of Christ. I am the flesh and the flesh of Christ. I am the bones and the bones of Christ. Oh, Father, we bless your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Someone do something unto the Lord. Rejoice unto the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord for his presence, for his word, for his truth, for his name that abides forever, for his glory that abides forever. Even if you say in yourself, I am not happy. Just thank God that the person by your side is looking good. Just look at that person and thank God. No one is thanking God. Look at the person at your side and thank God for their life. When I woke up this morning, I didn't think the person sitting by my side would look this good. You have proved me wrong. Uh, come now. Prove. Ah, what's going on? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Just lay your hands on your head and say, I am blessed. Lay your hands on your head and say, the glory of God reigns in me. It doesn't matter what I'm seeing on my left or on my right. The glory of God reigns in me. Because Christ is alive. I am alive. The life of Christ is at work in me. The glory of Christ is at work in me. It doesn't matter what I hear on the news. What matters is what I see in the word. The Bible says, whose report shall you believe? Now decree it. I believe in the report of the Lord. I believe in the report of the Lord. I believe in the report of the Lord. Amen. Give glory unto the Lord. Give glory unto the Lord for his word. Amen. Um, it's a great pleasure to be here today to share with, the, with uh, my brothers and my sisters the word of the Lord. I'd like to honor our fathers. I'd like to honor our grandpa, our papa, our mamas, grandmas, brothers and sisters. God bless you. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God bless you. God bless you. Say, God bless you. Ah, please. The code is not catching your mouth. Say, God bless you. Amen. 
By the special grace of Almighty God, today um, I've been, I'm privileged to share the word of God with um, this family. And today we'll be talking about the benefit of being faithful. The benefit of being faithful. Um, I think this uh, series started with Minister Ato teaching the just shall live by faith. Um, afterwards, um, I believe Minister um, Rose Love um, also continued with that um, within the topic of faithfulness and our grandpa too. And uh, there was a brief interruption last week because of our um, uh, Harvest Sunday. Turn to your uh, neighbor and say, last week, we enjoyed the harvest. We enjoyed the harvest. We enjoyed the harvest. Amen. So today we will be continuing with um, our topics on faithfulness. And today we'll be talking about the benefit of being faithful to God. The benefit of being faithful to God. Um, and permit us to read from Matthew chapter 25. And I'll quickly read from verses 14 to 19. Matthew chapter 25 from verses 14 to 19. And I read. It says, For it is that it is there, um, the kingdom of God, is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave talents to to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately, the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more talents. In the same manner, the one who had received the two talents gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Amen. Amen. So I believe, first of all, before we go into this topic, um, I think it would be best to start with at least speaking about what faith is. And it would just be a brief interrupt in, um, introduction because that's not really the topic for today. And, um, and then we'll go down to what the main topic of the day is. Now, when you think about faith, the first thing that comes to your mind is Mountain moving faith. Or when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he says, Oh, ye of little faith, can't you just believe? But, I mean, the basic thing about faith is that it is just taking God at his word. Believing God at his word. Believing God at his word. And it is seeing the tangibility of God's word in every circumstance. So, in other words, when you are walking, you constantly see the tangibility. In other words, the physicality of God's word, so to speak. In every circumstance. So it is the substance of something promised or the substance of something declared. You know, something was spoken by God. Or the father said something. He uttered something. And then you could feel the substance of, and the weight of what was said or spoken by God. An example is this. In the beginning, God went about and he said, let there be light. Everything that was required for light was encapsulated within that word. And then all that was required for light to appear began to take form and shape. Why? Because in him is the power to bring forth everything that he wants into existence. Into existence. Now, if we look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. 
Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval. So it is because of faith, they were counted faithful. Because they saw and understood, believed and took God at his word, they were found to be approved. It wasn't necessarily because of the things they did, but it was because they believed God. Now, if you look at their lives, you find many instances where they failed. But God did not look at their failure. He looked at their heart of belief at his word. So, for by it, the men of old gained approval because they believed God and took him at his word. Now, we're going to leave faith alone for a while and then move on to what it means to be faithful. At its core, to be faithful means you are full of faith or full of belief. In other words, if someone comes and says that there are many promises within the scriptures, how many of those promises do you believe? Now, the extent at which you believe, the breath at which you believe dictates how faithful you are or how full of faith you are. I'll give an example. Now, if you go to Second Peter, Let's, let's go to 2 Peter. Now, we might, if we have time, we'll, we might speak about 2 Peter much later. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ to those who have obtained a faith of equal privilege with us through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. For his divine power has given us everything required to, for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Verse 4. By this he has given us very great and precious promises. Very great and precious years, So that through them you may share in the divine nature. So you see here that it is through those very many great and precious promises we become partakers and sharers of his divine nature. Now, if you only know part of the great and precious promises, you only be a part partaker. If you only believe part of the great and precious promises, you will only be a part believer. You will be partly productive or partly fruitful in the sharing of the divine nature. Going deeper, you could also look at it this way. You have been given a promise that you have salvation in Christ. By the grace of God, I want to believe that each and every one of us here believe that we have salvation in Christ. Now, if you have not heard that you have dominion over devils, you will not walk in that authority, in the fullness of that capacity of that authority, although you have fully believed in Christ. So what does that tell you? You are full of the faith of salvation, but you have no revelation at all when it comes to authority. Do you get what I'm saying? So being full of faith means you have the full revelation of what God has done, and you believe completely everything that he has said. So it greatly depends on knowledge. 
So Romans 10 verse 17 says this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you look at Romans chapter 10 verse 14, Romans chapter 10 verse 14, it says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? So belief is highly dependent on hearing. And hearing is highly dependent on the one who speaks the word. So it also tells you that the limiting factor of growth is dependent on what you know when you speak the word. The benefit of being faithful, of being faithful to God. And you could also look at faithfulness as loyalty within a relationship. Loyalty within a relationship. Let's read Matthew chapter 25, um, going back to our core scripture. And we're going to read from verses 20 to 23. Matthew chapter 25 from verses 20 to 23. He says, the one who had received the five talents. You see, the Bible says, after a long time. If you go back to verse 19, it says, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then says, the one who had received the five talents came up and brought five more talents, saying, master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Also, the one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents to me. See, I have gained two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Uh, and the one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you. You are a hard man. You are a hard guy. <laughs> Reaping where you did not sow. And gathering where you... <laughs> Can you imagine a slave talking to his master like this? <laughs> you know, in this day and age, can you imagine yourself speaking to your boss like that? And back then, it was different. The masters owned the slaves. You are talking to your owner and saying, you are a hard man. <laughs> he says, and I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, take back what is yours. <laughs> you see something? Faithfulness connotes loyalty as found within a relationship. You remember last week our grandpa said that Faithfulness can be defined as reliance, loyalty, and total trust in God. It connotes loyalty. 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 You see, the master was trustworthy. He, he trusted his servants. But then he had an understanding of who they were. He knew what they had the ability to contain. Now, you know, last week also, Minister Roselove taught that an it's an attribute of God that displays God's trustworthiness to his people that finds its fulfillment in Jesus. You see, the, the master looked at the people. He saw them and he said, hmm, you, you have the capacity for five talents. Take five. You have the capacity for two. Take two. You have the capacity for one. Take one. Based on the relationship and based on his understanding of who those men were, 
He distributed those talents. He distributed those talents. You see, if there is no relationship, if there is no, rela- if there is no relationship, then loyalty is not required. If I don't have a relationship with my brother here, then there is no requirement for loyalty because there is no relationship. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. But when there is a relationship, then there is also a requirement for loyalty. And the depth of the relationship, the strength of the relationship would also make us aware of the amount of knowledge that will be released in that relationship. It will determine the amount of information that can be entrusted within that relationship. Why? Because relationships are based on knowledge. Relationships are based on knowledge. Now, knowledge... The knowledge within a relationship tells you how close the two individuals are. Now, if I come to my brother here and I begin to tell him, um, if someone comes to meet him and asks him about me, probably the only thing he will know is, uh, that man is fat. But if someone here went to meet my wife and said, Tell me about your husband. She might ask. <laughs> you're not serious. <laughs> she might. <laughs> she might ask, "Where do I begin? Why? Because there is a greater depth of understanding and knowledge between I and my wife than I and my brother. It is only what I want him to know about me that I might show him, but." Whether I want to show anything about my wife or not, she will tell you about my behavior, how long I snore at night, how much food I eat. She will tell you everything. Why? Because there is a greater depth of knowledge between I and my wife. And she would also know whether she has the ability to trust me more than she would ever trust uh, someone else. Why? Because she knows me. It's the same thing with faithfulness. It's the same thing with faithfulness. It is a relationship that is based on knowledge. If you are faithful to God, it must be based on knowledge. If you don't know him, if you don't know him, there is no way, there is no way you would want to, you will feel that need or urge to be faithful to him. There is no way you will feel that need or urge to be loyal to him. There is no way you feel that need or urge to rely on him. You might come to church, but you would ask for your brothers and sisters back in the corners of Africa to go meet some Baba to do backup. Why? Because that knowledge of the Lord has not been ingrained. It is extremely important that we have a, a, a solid foundation in Christ. Solid foundation on the word of God that is based on knowledge. That is based on knowledge. So, permit me just to say these few words. That faithfulness 
to God is the natural response resulting from completely believing what God has said, promised, and established. A natural response resulting from completely believing what God has said, promised, and established. So how is faithfulness expressed to God? How is faithfulness expressed? It's expressed in dedication. It's expressed in dedication. It's expressed in honesty. It's expressed in perseverance. Look, for example, look at the first and the second servants. When the, 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 the master released the talents to them, they were dedicated. Immediately they went to work. They began to invest what God had given them. They began to invest it. But you could see the third servant who said, I know you. You see, the first two servants had a different impression of their master apart from the third uh, servant. Why? The first two masters, so the first two servants saw the master and said, this man has invested in us. We have to do something. We have to honor him. We have to invest what he has given. We have to make sure that he does not meet us the same way he left us. So they began to work and they began to invest and they began to sow and they began to make sure that what they had received from the master was multiplied when the master came back. They were dedicated. Even when the master wasn't there, they were dedicated. But you see, the third servant, he looked and said, he gave, he gave that one five. He gave that one two. Look at what he gave me. I know. And I have said it. He's a hard man. Anyway, I will make sure I keep it for him very well. He dug the ground and put it there. When he comes back, as he gave me, I will return him. <laughs> Just put your hands on your head and say, I am productive. My heart is productive. My heart yearns for the word of God. I am dedicated to the word. He says, and the second is honesty. Honesty. The first and second servants served their master honestly. They served their master with diligence when he was away, just as when he was there. Probably the third servant, when the master would be around, he would walk and slave in front of the master. And he would probably say, ah, master, you are good, you are good. But when the master came back, he said, master, you are hard, you are hard. But these guys were honest. If you ask their wives what they think about him, they will tell you. You know, the only people that really know what they think about you are the people you live closely with. Pastor, this is not about you. <laughs> but we have to be very honest with ourselves. If there is now, this is going away from the message. I'm just going to break away from the message a little. And I'm just this is an encouragement. If there is something in your heart against people you live with, against people you work with, against your spouses, it's very important that you release it. Because your actions would always stem from those thoughts. And sometimes those things are the causes of friction in homes, in relationships, even with our colleagues. Now, wisdom is needed with those 
that are outside the home. When I say, especially colleagues, wisdom is needed. But with friends, family, especially family, if there is anything, be out of love, out of love, speak the truth. Speak the truth. If there are trust issues, speak the truth. Because if you hide it, it would affect and influence how you relate with each other without you even knowing. Even if you're hiding it, it will affect. Now back to the message. They were honest. Now, the third thing is this, they persevered. They kept working. You see, it's one thing for you to work and know that you're going to get paid. Because you can see your boss there. He's seeing your clock in and your clock out. So you know you're going to get paid. So there is one thing to work when you're seeing your boss there. But then there's another thing. When your boss goes, he says, he went on a long journey for a long time. In other words, reward is not in sight. My per hour, per hour, per diem, per diem is not in sight. But yet, they kept working. They kept persevering. They kept working. They kept persevering. And they invested even when they did not know when their master was going to come back. That was perseverance. Perseverance. So how does this look like to us? How does dedication, honesty, perseverance look like? You remember when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he says, when the son of man shall come back, shall he find faith on the earth? That was one thing he said. When I come back, will I see faith content on the earth? So you have to see. That's why Jude chapter 1 verse 3 says this. He says, content for the faith. Content for the faith. Jude chapter 1 verse 3. Jude chapter 1 verse 3. Jude chapter 1 verse 3 says, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. So there is a requirement to keep that faith pure, to keep the word, the investment that was given when Christianity was instigated from the foundation of the church. There is a need for us to hold on to that word, to keep it pure. Even Paul said in Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 that we have to protect the knowledge that Christ has given. Colossians chapter 2 verses 8. Colossians chapter 2 verses 8. And he says this. So see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. So he says that we are supposed to make sure that we protect our mental space. We protect our minds to, to ensure that not no defilement, no adulteration shall occur with the knowledge of Christ that we have received. So you protect it. You protect it. And you see, this problem was rampant in the early church. It was, it was, it was widespread. We think that there are false teachers now. In the early church, there were many false teachers. Many. You see, 16, or to 16, I'll just read 11 to 13 and verse 16. Luke, um, Jude chapter 1 verse 11. Look at, what, look at what Jude says about false teachers. He says, Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and for pay they have rushed headlong into the error of Balaam. 
and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feasts. When they feast with you, without fear, caring for themselves, clouds without waters, carried along with, by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead. Up, these guys were angry. They were angry because people were coming and infiltrating the church. Says wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. Read what he says in verse 16. It says, these are grumblers, finding fault, following after their own lust. They speak arrogantly, throttling people for the sake of gaining an advantage. He wasn't the only one that spoke. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 17 to 19. Look at what Peter says. 2 Peter chapter 2, from verses 17 to 19. He says, These are springs without water and mists driven by a storm for whom the black darkness has been reserved. For speaking out arrogant words of vanity, the enticed by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. You need to go through 2 Peter chapter 2 because he spoke vehemently about false teachers. False teachers. Now, the thing about false teaching is this. They might start out right, but everything that they say points you away from the truth. They might have the right desire, but because they have been filled with wrong knowledge, they teach wrong knowledge. And once you teach wrong knowledge, you're teaching false things. You become a false teacher. So we are meant to contend for that faith. The undefiled faith. Okay. Um, what are the benefits of being faithful to God? It always leads to service. In Acts chapter 6 verse 3, we see that it was the requirement through which the deacons were selected into the early church. And even in uh, chapter 6 verse 5, Stephen, a testimony was given of him that he was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Number two, it always leads to greater responsibility. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things and will make you ruler over many things. Three, it releases the atmosphere of joy within that relationship. Enter into the joy of your Lord, of your master. It wouldn't be, it be a great thing when we see our Lord come forth with the cloud of witnesses and we have held on to that which he has given with a sincere heart, not seeking advantage, but desiring that the Lord's name will be exalted and glorified. It is that joy that is sweeter than any other thing. That is what is truly called fruitfulness, fruitfulness. And that is what is truly called productivity. When you hold on to the word, he said the farmer went out to sow. What sort of hearts do we have? Hmm. 
And faithfulness is the prerequisite for asking correctly. John chapter 15, verse 7, and, and, and I guess we would end here. John chapter 15, verse 7. See this, it says, Jesus speaking, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. So you see that, he's saying, if you remain in me, you are steadfast in me. I, I am the focus of everything that you observe, that you desire. If you remain in me and my words, my words, everything I have spoken to you within the word, everything that I have spoken to you in your heart, if that remains in you, then you will ask what you want and it will be done for you. Jesus is saying, that all you need is me. All you need is me. All you need, all that will satisfy you is me. Just stay put in me. Don't deviate from the left or to the right. Just stay put in me. And then, if you want something to satisfy you, let my words satisfy you. And let my words remain in you. And then, every other thing is just an addition. Every other thing is just excess. But the core is me and the word. Let us rise up on our feet and